All right, so we are in week number two of our series on dangerous prayers as we go through this book by the same name, Dangerous Prayers, written by Craig Groeschel. Now, I'd love to hear in the comments, uh, for any of those that are reading the book, which I know is quite a lot of you, what is, um, what is something, one thing that has stuck with you from your reading so far of this book? What's that one thing that you just, it keeps popping up in your mind as you think about it throughout the week? And you're like, oh yeah, that one thing, that was good, or that was convicting, or maybe it was just something you completely disagreed with about the book, and it's just stuck with you. I'd love for you to drop that in the comments um, and see what, is, what are the themes that are kind of connecting with our people here. And I'm curious to see if there's any that uh, are the same or if they're different. As I mentioned in our prayer last week, we talked uh, through the prayer, the dangerous prayer, search me. Search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins, and lead me back to you. And I offered the challenge to us all about praying that prayer each day this week, praying that prayer throughout this week, trusting God will show up and reveal something in our lives. So what was your experience praying this prayer this week? Was it easy? Was it hard? Did God truly reveal anything in your lives? Did you feel led to do something? You don't have to answer people in here, but just raise your hands. Did that stick with you at all, praying that prayer throughout this week? You didn't raise your hands, but you nodded, and that's good. Okay, now there's the hands. Yeah. Yeah. It me too, you know, and it's always surprising what God will reveal because you like to think you know what he will reveal, but guess what? We don't, and he will often surprise us, but he's also gracious in that. So I pray and hope that was your experience uh, as well throughout this week, and honestly, keep on praying that prayer. I think it's a helpful posture uh, for the life of a Christian. Now, next week, we are going to talk about praying for God to use us for his kingdom and his glory by praying the dangerous prayer, send me, send me. So we're all going to, we're not talking about sending us on vacation. We're talking about how is he going to send us so we may follow him. Following Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. But today is a tough one. Today is one where you, as a pastor, you kind of wake up and you, you're, you're glad you're not sick so you can come and preach, but you kind of wish you were sick because you don't really want to preach on it because it's hard, okay? But I'm here, I'm feeling great, and I am actually excited to bring this word today, but it is a hard prayer to dissect. See, Scripture shows us again and again how hard times can ultimately make us stronger and bring us closer to God. Now there's a theologian, some of you may be familiar with this individual, uh, and they philosophize this. They say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little taller. What doesn't kill you makes a fighter. Footsteps even lighter. Yeah, the theologian is Kelly Clarkson. Don't think she's a theologian. (laughs) But there's some truth to that, that the hardest moments in our lives can also be the ones that bring us closer to God. 
There you go, Kelly, I put a Jesus spin on it. But the hardest moments in our lives can also be the ones that bring us closest to God. So the dangerous prayer we're exploring today is break me. Break me. It's a tough prayer, but we're diving in because this prayer holds so much potential to open up our hearts completely to God in such a way that it will change our lives. And I truly believe that that will happen with someone in our community. So what do we mean when we say, break me? By praying this prayer, we are asking God to break us of anything that stands in the way of us living completely for him. So for some, it will be to break a bad habit, or others, it will be to, to, to break some long, built-up pride or other maybe strong but not so uh, helpful characteristic. Others, it might be a crutch or reliance on something or someone that we have other than God. Whatever it is, the breaking comes for each of us in a lot of different ways. It usually brings with it a heavy dose of being humbled. So I'll give you a small example from my life. This is uh, small because it's not deeply sad or anything like that or heavy seeming, but it was a small breaking in my life. And I'm super glad it happened to me, even though in the moment I absolutely was not, okay? So come with me back to fifth grade. Fifth grade, I was like, you probably can't see me, but I was like this tall. I was like this tall, okay? I was tiny. Fifth grade, uh, but you might not know this. I had a certain level of fame about me as a fifth grader uh, at MLK Elementary just over here in the Westwood neighborhood. See, I had the reputation of being one of the best artists in school in fifth grade. And uh, my classmates just, you know, like, oh my goodness, your drawings are so amazing. Like your birds have feathers on them. I just draw a V, you know? And uh, so they, they would always ask me to draw things and draw pictures of them, and it kind of looked like them, but, but I was kind of good, okay, in fifth grade. I was a pretty good artist, and I had this fame following me, except for five years, I was always compared to another. Sean Wallace was his name, all right? Sean Wallace. People would debate, the great debate of fifth grade. Who's the better artist, Kevin or Sean? And the interesting thing was, for five years, we never had a class together. So this, this rivalry grew, and we never had an opportunity to really decide once and for all who is the king of art in fifth grade. Fifth grade, we had the same homeroom. Mrs. Schramm's class, uh, Becca Schramm's mom, she was my fifth grade teacher, for those of you who uh, know her, so that's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, we, we uh, had a class, and we decided it is time to decide once and for all who the better artist is. So we came up with a contest of drawing, who could draw the best castle? Yeah, castle, like medieval castle. So I got to work. We both had the same size piece of paper, same amount of time, all of that. My castle was pretty sweet. Not gonna lie, I uh, I, I had a, a cool little knight on the very top of it who was like guarding it, and I drew a moat and it had cool waves in the water. There's a little alligator sticking his head out with his little his little teeth, and then uh, uh, the the tower. I had a tower, but it wasn't just any tower. It had 
a water slide wrapping around the tower into the moat. I didn't think about the alligator when I drew it. It's just, you know, whatever. They'll figure it out. And I drew some bricks and detail, all that. I was pretty confident. I'm like, I got this. There's no way Sean could do better than this. Except he did. Oh, he crushed me. He drew his in 3D. 3D, three dimensions. It was like, like, I just had like a flat picture and he was like angles and stuff and he had shading and I was like, I don't know how you're doing that. And it was just incredible. All right. He completely destroyed me. There's no question looking at it. It's like, you couldn't even argue it. I most assuredly was not the best artist at MLK Elementary. Not even close. And in that moment, I could have become bitter. What ended up happening actually is Sean and I became best friends. We had almost every class together from that point on, all the way through high school. We even took like college uh, classes uh, in high school of art and all of that. And every step along the way, he was better than me. And he actually went on to become an artist. So what broke in that story for me, in that small, silly story? Well, my pride broke. <laughs> my extreme confidence in my abilities broke. My cockiness and my surefire attitude broke, which is a good thing because uh, all of that was kind of getting ugly and young little fifth grader Kevin. And I had Sean every step of the way in elementary, middle, and high school to keep me humble. One side note, we both, we both got accepted to the uh, same art school, so I do feel good about that. I may have been behind him, but I was still okay, just not the best. Then got to high school, and I was like, not even top 10, easy. Anyway, see, um, <laughs> throughout that, I could have chosen to be bitter and not learn what I needed to learn and just kind of deny it. But I leaned into it, and instead of turning bitter, I received the incredible blessing of friendship and humility out of it. So that's just a tiny, tiny example. We're going to go much deeper in this message than that. But it shows how little things can be chipped away. But right now we're talking about not just being chipped away, being broken, being broken open. And not just broken, but asking God to break us, to remove anything that stands in the way between us and him. Why would we pray that? That doesn't sound like the warm and fuzzy kind of faith we kind of desire. But it's not that we desire the breaking. It's what's on the other side of the breaking. I'd love for you to answer this. What is something that all Christians want? Something all Christians want. Any of you have an idea or a thought? If you whisper it, they won't hear you. Yeah, peace. Peace. I'd say... Uh, to be closer to God, probably. Um, assurance of our salvation. We have that, but sometimes we feel like, is this sure, you know? Freedom from sin, struggles, sorrows. To be conformed in the image of Christ. For our loved ones to know Christ. Maybe to have a purpose and meaning uh, and a calling for our lives as well. To know what we do matters for a bigger purpose. There are a lot of things we as Christians long for and we're comfortable asking God for. But probably none of us are comfortable with the idea of asking God to break us. But each and every one of these examples 
It comes through a process of breaking. So while initially it may feel wrong to pray for God to break us, we can start to see that breaking, it might just be a part of life, a part that hurts, but that holds the possibility to lead us to something better. We could consider them like growing pains. Like for anyone who went through a growth spurt and you're achy just by growing, it's the same kind of idea, except it's a break. So let's consider three of the best-known, biggest biblical heroes of the Bible, and we're going to look at how they were broken to help us make sense of all of this. The first is David. You all know David. He was described as a man after God's own heart. David's breaking. It came as a result of being caught in sin. And we know the story. David lusted after Bathsheba, ended up committing adultery, ended up having her husband murdered to cover up that sin. But then Nathan calls him out, and David finally breaks. So let's look at what it says in Psalm 51. It's our passage today, Psalm 51. This is what David wrote in the midst of his breaking. Psalm 51, well, we're going to start at uh, verse 1, but I'm kind of going through the whole thing, just a few chunks of it. So hear the word of the Lord. This is what David writes. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves, and then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire, God, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. God bless the reading of his word this morning. What stood out to you all in that passage? Perhaps there is a couple words that you heard throughout that that resonates with today's theme. To me, as I read that, that sounds like a man in the midst of his brokenness running after God, knowing he needs him. He wrote, you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Just think about that. Anybody who is caught in perpetual sin, such as a cycle of addiction. They know that deep down there's this fear of getting caught. 
They know what they're doing is wrong, and they fear getting caught. But even deeper than that fear is a longing to be caught. A longing for the truth to come out in the open so that they may experience the freedom and healing that they so desperately desire. You have broken me. And then what does he say? The second half of that. Now, let me rejoice. Let me rejoice. Because he knew God intimately. He knew what God could do and would do. And we also see that God is the one who did the breaking. We also know he's the one who does the forgiving, who does the blessing, who helps carry us through it and does the healing. The sacrifice God desires is a broken spirit, a spirit that is in full surrender to our good God. David's breaking did not come either in the midst of his sin. It came from his sin being brought out and into the light. Only then did he break and understand the depth of his sin. And only then was he able to turn to God in repentance and experience the greatness of God's grace. So that's David. Let's consider another. Peter. We know Peter well if you journeyed with us through the book of Acts, and even before then when we went through the book of Matthew. We know that Jesus tells Peter at the Last Supper that Peter would deny Jesus. Peter then denies Jesus, uh, telling him of the possibility that he would deny him. But we know the very next morning, after Jesus was arrested the night, three times he denies him. Three times he does that. And that third time, after that third time, as the rooster crows, Jesus Christ looks Peter right in the eye. They lock eyes, and Peter breaks. Peter, who had full confidence in himself, Lord, I would never deny you, learns that in that moment, on his own, he's weak. He's very weak. And he breaks. David, that's Peter. And now, let's consider Paul. We know Paul's breaking came while he was still named Saul. He persecuted the Christian church, believing that the Christian church was an affront to God. He did this for the sake of everything that Paul believed was right. He was called a destroyer of the church. He had fame, he had prestige, a clear mission and purpose. But it was all done in ignorance and a disbelief and denial of Jesus Christ being the Messiah. So Saul's breaking came when he encountered Jesus and he learned that everything he did and everything he stood for, everything he hung on to so tightly was wrong. To break is to be humbled, to feel succinctly the harsh realities of being a sinner desperately in need of God's grace. And we live in a broken and sinful world, and we face these real hardships of this life. So being broken, it provides an opportunity for us to deepen our faith, to increase our intimacy with Jesus, to refocus and realign on what matters. Praying for God to break us, it's to offer a prayer of surrender and trust 
believing fully that God sees us through all the valleys of this life. So rather than pursuing our will, in the break-in, we surrender to his. Craig says in this book, life's greatest breakings often leads to life's greatest blessings. Life's greatest breakings often lead to life's greatest blessings. It's not the breaking we long for. It's what's on the other side of the breaking. For the restorative work of the breaking that in turns becomes a blessing. Consider again David. He's described as a man after God's own heart. It's not because he was perfect. He was not at all perfect. He messed up, not just this, but several times. He was broken. He's a man after God's own heart because he continued to pursue him, to seek repentance, and to return back to the Lord. And God has used him to bless millions and millions of individuals throughout the generations. It teaches us we cannot be perfect, but we can trust and believe in our perfect God. Peter, he was the denier turned proclaimer. That's not, not the proclaimers like the song, um, I would walk 500 miles. <laughs> That's a proclaimer song, right? Not that song, though he probably did walk 500 miles a lot in his journeys. Let's get back on track. <laughs> Sorry. He was the denier turned proclaimer. Peter's confidence in himself shattered, completely shattered. But Jesus restores him. He forgives him. And Peter gains full and complete confidence in Christ. Yeah, he can't do it on his own, but in Christ, he can do a lot. He surrendered to him completely, knowing he was not strong on his own, knowing very well his weakness. And what happens after that? God works through him. He launches the global church. Just 40-some days later, he is the one that boldly gets up and preaches at Pentecost. 3,000-some individuals come to know Christ that day, receive the Holy Spirit, and the mission hasn't stopped since. Paul. Paul was the destroyer turned champion. In fact, let's just look at what he wrote about his own experience as we read in 1 Timothy. This is 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 16. Paul writes this, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. But I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him 
and receive eternal life. In your breaking, the grace of our Lord will be poured out on you abundantly, and in him you will receive faith and love. There is freedom. There is life. There is growth and hope on the other side of the breaking. On the other side of the breaking, there's so much more. Now, some of life's breakings, such as the ones we've discussed today, they come from our own decisions or actions or sinfulness. But we acknowledge that other times they come from just the harsh realities of living in a broken world talking about sickness or death or decisions and actions of others that in turn break us. Regardless of the circumstance, the breaking hurts. The breaking hurts. But this truth remains. The truth is that God never wastes a hurt. He will never waste it. There is blessing on the other side of the breaking. God is present in the breaking and he will never, ever, ever waste a hurt. He can turn the foulest thing completely clean. He can take the deepest pain and transform it into something beautiful. And so, we together are considering praying for God to break us. Break us of all the things we choose over you. I do want to be clear. You do not have to pray this prayer. We're not forcing you to pray this. You don't have to pray, break me, but I am asking you to consider it. Consider giving God permission to do a deep work in your life that comes as a result of praying this prayer. So if you have the heart and courage at this time to pray this. You need to be prepared for God to break something inside of you that is preventing you from following him fully. He might need to break you of your pride or your confidence in yourself so that you can have full confidence and trust in him. Or he might need to break you of your love of this world or the things of this world, of stuff or money, earthly pleasures, and instead give you a love of the things that he loves. Or he may need to break you of deep, unrepented sin that has been festering for far too long, and it's time to come into the light. It's time for it to come into the light so that healing and freedom that you long for can begin. He might need to break you of a closed off or a critical or divisive spirit and renew within you again a spirit of wonder and curiosity and, and openness and, and seeking the things of peace. Whatever it is, Whatever you feel the Spirit pressing on you right now, whatever it is, we ask God to break us as an act of surrender, of letting go and giving it to God so that we might be not just part-time followers of God, but fully devoted followers of Christ. And in many ways, if you think about it, 
this prayer, it's, it's simply a, a, ret- a return to that very first prayer we made when we chose to follow God. Take my life, God. It's yours. Break me of my dependence on myself. Allow me to fall freely into your arms and experience your love and forgiveness because you're the savior of my life. Take control. I surrender myself to you. If you've never prayed that prayer, maybe you're feeling something inside of you now and you're feeling, you know what? That's what I want. And I invite you to pray that prayer because God will meet you and there is life and freedom and forgiveness available to you. Or maybe it's been several years since you did pray that prayer. It's time to return back to those truths of surrender once again. Because the gospel is a continual invitation to give your life, to die to ourselves so that we might live in Christ. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, who was broken completely for you. He left heaven for you. He lived his life on earth for you. He went to the cross being completely broken and poured out for you. Jesus chose that. He chose that for you. And he will meet you in your brokenness. He will carry you through it and he will bless it. See, when God breaks us, of the things keeping us from depending on him, it allows Christ's light to shine through us. I don't know if you can see this well or not. This is a glow stick. I'm sorry, Miles, I took one of your glow sticks. But it's like this. When God breaks us of those things, I got another one here. He breaks us of those things that keep us from depending on him it allows Christ's light to then shine through. He'll never force his way into your life or through you. He simply asks that you surrender so that he may radiate his light through you. Break me, God, and let your light shine, not just in my life, but all those around us, because our story is our testimony. Craig says in the book, We impress people through our strengths, but we connect with each other in our weaknesses. And you and I both know that's true. When someone comes to us and they acknowledge their struggle in life, and you can say, man, you know what? That's my struggle too. Boom, a connection is formed between you. There's trust. There's understanding. We connect with each other through our shared brokenness. Consider being broken to let Christ's light shine through you. Will you, will we, give Jesus Christ our whole life? There's a song on the playlist this week, Whole Heart. It says, here I am, highly surrendered, give myself to you. That's not really the words, I messed it up, but you get the idea, listen to it. Whole heart is what it says. All of us, we give to him. Will we hold nothing back? that is the life of a Christian. It's a life of surrender, a life of total dependence on God. And this is our challenge today. If you choose to pray this prayer, or if life throws something at you, whether you ask it to or not, do not fight 
the breaking. Don't try and run from it. Don't try and hide from it. Don't try and ignore it. And don't try and keep up appearances or a tough facade. Lean into it. God has a work to do in that space. Open up yourselves. Be courageously vulnerable and honest about your brokenness, both to yourself, to your people, and to God. Because God will bless it. And in your weakness, you will discover God's strength as you set aside your fears and take up your faith and your brokenness. God will knit you back together into his image of you. And you will vividly see and experience his blessing on your life. So if you want more in this life, if you want more, then daily give it up and surrender to God. Give him control in every area. Seek him first. Surrender. Surrender. Surrender and not just some. Surrender it all. Not just the easy things. Those hard, dark things too. Surrender it all. Surrender it all to him and trust on the other side of the breaking. There are God's most intimate blessings for your life. And he is asking you to step forward to be a fully devoted follower of him. So what do you sense God saying to you right now? What do you feel within you as a next step for your faith. Don't worry about 10 steps from now. Just what is that next step right in front of you? And as we pray, I invite you to begin the process of once again letting go, once again allowing God to break us so that we may surrender and give our lives fully to him. Let's pray. Almighty God, We give you thanks that even in the breaking, you are gracious. Even in the struggles and the hardships of life, that you are good. As we consider who you are, all you've done, and we consider Jesus, we know that we pray this prayer. Following in your footsteps is the one who was fully broken and poured out for us. Lord, as we consider praying, break me. We pray that you, even now, in the power of your Spirit, reveal to us those things that need to be broken. Reveal to us right now the things that are preventing us from fully following you and devoting our lives to you. And for those of us, God, who are ready to pray that prayer, we pray it now. Heavenly Father, in your grace, in your mercy, in your goodness, we invite you to break us. Break me, Lord. Reveal to me those things that are standing in the way of me following you. I surrender it to you. Lead me in your path and in your goodness, God, because I trust you. Forgive me. Forgive me. I give it all to you. I surrender it all, Lord. 
Surrender it all to you because you are good and you are worthy of all of our worship. So as we prepare our hearts, as we continue our worship, as we sing this song, I surrender all, I invite you all to continue to pray. And you may pray through these words as you sing them. You may pray as you reflect in silence or in discussion. We give this all to you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.